It's Rapino against Van Veenendaal. It's 1-0. The face of the tournament scores the first goal of the final. Lawrence. Teasing ball in. And at the far post, Canada get the equaliser through Christine Sinclair. And she scores at her fifth World Cup. Good ball that. Excellent header, 1-0. Fantastic header by Sam Kerr to put Australia in front. Free kick to Germany. Lingor takes it. Golden goal. Germany win the World Cup. Germany win the World Cup for the first time. A prayer, I suspect, from Kumagai. And the World Cup for Japan. They have rewritten the history books in Germany. It is off the podium an olympics podcast slash women's world cup podcast for the penultimate time because we are here in the final few days of the 2023 fifa women's world cup to review the knockout stage preview the final and bugger the final we're here to preview the third place playoff because the matildas are up for bronze again that's right the mighty matildas have gone on a run for the bronze, we don't want first. Who wants first? Oh, la da we're going to win the World Cup. It's harder to win the bronze medal, if you ask me. Just ask Sweden, maybe, because they've won it a few times in the World Cup, but that's who we are playing. But we are here to go over everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks since we've been here to talk about the FIFA Women's World Cup. It's been a big couple of weeks, and it's a pleasure to welcome back Australia's number one football fan, Jared Lubick, because he was there with me last night and cheering and getting excited and... Just being a fan and he's got a scarf because he's Jared. Jared, welcome back to Off the Podium. Thank you. It's it's good to be back. It's good to have recovered from the roller coaster of emotions oh. last night. Yes. This time, I think last night, we were... I think we were happy this time last night for about eight mm. minutes, weren't we? Yeah. That were a good eight minutes. Good eight minutes of that game. Uh, speaking of eight minutes, that's about how good Canada played for this tournament because they've been out of it for a long time. And speaking of which... It's Colin. Colin, just Colin. He's not going to last name anymore. He's simply Colin. Colin, welcome back to Off the Podium. Thank you. And I'm I'm excited for uh, Canada's national holiday where we all get to go home very early. <laughs> yes. Did you, did, did you get one after the Olympic gold medal in 2021? No. no. We, Trudeau. We, we we kind of we kind of talked about this off air a few days ago that like that that's I don't think that's ever been a thing in Canada. Doesn't matter how big of a deal. It is 2002 Olympics, 2010 Olympics, 2014. Doesn't matter. I mean, one day if the Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup, I think Ontario will have a provincial holiday. I mean, well, you know that's going to happen in your lifetime. But, I mean, like, in all fairness, Canada does have a public holiday every month. Australia has, like, a few at the beginning of the year, some at the end of the year, and there's a whole chunk in the middle where we've got nothing. So you guys can't complain. I mean, every I month you complain. have a long weekend. I can complain. I'm allowed to complain. You can complain. That's the thing. Um, and I also just want to, uh, in typical Ben Waterworth fashion, celebrate myself for five seconds because this is my 4,000th episode ever of radio and podcasting. So thank you for your congratulations. Wow. I appreciate both of you. And uh, to anybody who's tuned into the previous 3,999, it only gets better from here. So uh, I just want to... I should have had the combat clapper ready to go. Oh, where is it, Jared? Come on. <laughs> Do you want my cape? I lined up for 20 minutes to get that cape. But uh, anyway, just now that I've uh, pumped my own tyres up, let's pump the Matilda's tyres up because it's been a roller coaster couple of weeks. Uh, we'll start with Jared, obviously, because I think uh, I don't... I'll, I'm intrigued to hear the Canadian perspective of this, but... 
I mean, since we last spoke, we were talking about, oh, yay, round of 16, Denmark, how are we going to go? Eh, easy, bugger off, Denmark, go away. And then came the quarterfinal last weekend, France, the the penalty shootout that just sent Australia into absolute raptures. That was just an incredible experience. Right through to a World Cup semifinal last night that you and I were lucky enough to be at and just experience all the history that came with that. And we'll fill in everybody with that who maybe aren't aware of everything that's happened in the last 24 hours, essentially the time of recording this. Uh, Sadly, the Matildas are now not going to win the World Cup. They're not eliminated. They've still got one more game to go to play off a third. But, I mean, how are we feeling, Jared? It's been 24 hours. We'll get some live reactions from you later on in this episode, of course, that we recorded last night at Stadium Australia. But, I mean, have you digested it a bit more, kind of, has it settled down? Have you been able to accept it at all? I think so. I think I've like, I feel like I've come around, like gone through those like six stages of grieving or whatever it is. And I've come around to like, just like being like super proud of them. I think the perspective of the fact that, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we were staring down the possibility of not even making it out of the group stage to then be disappointed that we didn't win a semifinal is kind of a, a, a weird spot to be at. Um, but no, super proud, glad that they've got over kind of that quarterfinal hurdle. And just, I think I'm excited moving forward to see like where like this kind of national pride in the team goes, whether we get this hype again for the Olympics, whether we get it again for the Asian women's cup in 2020, what, 2026? Yes. The next one. Yes. Yes. Um, whether we end up formally bidding for that. Um, I think it's just an exciting spot to be. And I kind of hope that the momentum, I suppose that what everybody's hoping is that the momentum stays there and kind of builds and we start to get behind more like the, the women's A-League and just more women's sporting events in general. Thank you very much. I was about to say, and be sure to get behind your local women's A-League team. And of course, you can sign up to the Liberty A-League Pass. If you're under 16, you get in for free. Just go to keepup.com.au forward slash Liberty A League part. That's not it. Just go to keepup.com.au. You'll find the list. Um, not that I go somewhere. Just go Anywhere. to keepup.com.au and support the A League. Not that I have any invested interest in that at all. But yeah, it's it's been absolutely incredible just how it has captivated the nation. Because I mean, we we talked about this last year during the Socceroos run into the round of sixteen and how that happened. And I mean, in all fairness, that has kind of always been boiling under the surface in the men's game. We saw that back in 2006. We've always seen that sort of throughout the Socceroos journeys. We saw that obviously last year in just qualifying for the World Cup, what we saw with that, then the journey that we went through. But we've never seen this in the women's game. And I think a lot of people went into this Women's World Cup. Yeah, it's on. People were excited, but I don't think anybody ever realized how big this would become and how much Australia got behind this. And to, to pinpoint that out, and Colin, you might not be aware of it. Some other people who aren't in Australia might be not aware of just how big this has been, particularly we've seen in the last 24 hours in television viewership alone. So to, to put that into perspective, we had a, a 11.5 million people reached on the broadcast last night. Now, if you're American or Canadian or somewhere where they've got a massive population, that's probably like, doesn't sound much. The population of Australia is 25 million people. That's nearly half the population of Australia somehow were reached by that. Now, to put that into perspective, that is the most watched broadcast in Australian TV history since ratings were officially recorded in 2001. Now, I want to put an asterisk to that because I don't like these headlines today saying this is the most watched broadcast in Australian television history. It's only since ratings were recorded, okay? 
I'm pretty sure the moon landing and Princess Diana dying and all those kind of things, more people watched. But this officially recorded. And this, again, is a women's sporting event where a month ago, oh, nobody watches women's sport. Now, we don't even blink an eye at it. Like, this is just standard. The viewing sites alone for this, I mean, they were selling out stadiums just for people to watch TV. I mean, that's how big this was. And Colin jokes about it, but literally our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, said, if the Matildas won, there would be a public holiday. Now, that did come to the discretion of state premiers. Hello to my dear old home state of Tasmania, Jeremy Rockcliffe. I do like you, but you said there would be no uh, public holiday if we won. So Tasmanians wouldn't have got the day off. But, I mean, just that reach and that passion. We're, we've seen the, the Matildas jerseys so like 19 times more jerseys, I think, than the last World Cup. They've outsold the Socceroos jerseys, I think, like 10 to 1 or something ridiculous like that. It is just absolutely insane, the reach of this. The most streamed event in Australian history this World Cup as well. I mean, Jared, just in that extent alone, what we've seen, and so many people obviously talk about soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, not even being a big sport in this country, but whenever the Socceroos and now the Matildas do well, it's it's just bubbling under the surface there that this is going to take over onto a level which no other sport in this country can do. Yeah, it's been huge. And I think what you said too, like it's been bubbling there for the Socceroos and we've seen it in glimpses, but nothing to like this scale. Like I think of like the Socceroos is like, okay, maybe you'll have like a live site in kind of each state's capital. And like, that might be, this was like live site in every city pretty much. It was like yeah. every single council in the state had to have a live site, had to have something for people to go to watch. Like this was just insane. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And it's just, I mean, you and I have been witness to a lot of big sporting events in this country. And I, I, I mean, yeah, you think back to Sydney 2000, obviously, on comparison. But I guess the difficult thing to compare an Olympics to a World Cup is that, you know, an Olympics is a two-week festival of multiple sports, multiple athletes. You know, you're not focused purely on one team, whereas this is one team. So it is kind of hard to compare them in a way. But it's also just something that I don't think I've ever seen in my lifetime and just kind of seeing that, you know, I've seen Rugby World Cups, Cricket World Cups, netball world cups commonwealth games you, you know these big sporting events like that and you've obviously attended a few over the years as well but i mean you were you were in sydney obviously as a kid during those olympics can you compare this to that no i feel like the only moment that comes close is maybe like kathy freeman's 400 meter race yeah 100 like that's probably the thing that comes close to this but outside of that i can't think of anything to this scale like australian sporting wise okay, colin i mean Obviously, I can straight away think Vancouver 2010 for you, the men's gold medal match, of course, probably the one that stands out from that. But obviously, that two-week whole period, you've talked a lot about other sporting events there as well. And obviously, you had the Women's World Cup in Canada eight years ago, so I'm not sure how that was for Canada, who went to the quarterfinals and obviously didn't go quite as far. But was there sort of that vibe, sort of what we're saying? Like, do you remember there being sort of a national sense of pride around that Women's World Cup? Or maybe it's just a case of the game has grown so much in the last eight years that this is how women's football has become and grown as much as it has in that time period. Uh, I, I think it has grown because, I mean, I'm actually just going through uh, the top 10, uh, like, highest ratings year by year here and uh, and also, like, the most watched events of all time. I know that last year... Um, or, or sorry, 2021, 
when the gold medal game for uh, the, the women's soccer was in the Olympics and Canada was in that, uh, it was something like, you know, three or four million people watching, which would like 6am, if, if I'm not mistaken, too. So that's pretty bloody yeah, good. Yeah, like ridiculous hour and one of the most watched uh, broadcasts that entire year. I'm going back to, uh, to 2015 here and nothing from the Women's World Cup even cracks the top 10. Um, there was 2015 American League Division Series, Toronto versus Texas. Ah, oh, <laughs> This Plus is uh, this is just Major League Baseball, which people don't really take baseball that seriously. That was, of course, a big year for uh, the Blue Jays or whatever. But uh, nothing's even cracking the top 10 in 2015. Uh, and I remember it being a big deal. It wasn't even like, uh, you know, nobody was really watching women's soccer in 2015. I mean, we're, we're still like a year away from Canada's breakthrough at the Olympics, but it was still a big deal. But like nothing at that level. Um, I, I think that's one of the exciting things, not just for Australia, but just across the board to see how much interest there is country by country, you know, how much uh, just seeing the the footage, uh, sorry, this uh, hits, hits a nerve or whatever, but seeing the footage of the reaction from the watch parties in England ah, fuck was insane too, uh, you know, and it, it's not like uh, uh, there's any country involved in this World Cup that hasn't at some point, probably within our lifetime, struggled to get the game taken seriously. I mean, the fact that we have so many new teams that uh, had never been this far before uh, is only good across the board, uh, you know, because it's not just United States anymore. You know, it's yeah. everybody's sort of there and the interest is there all around. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it would have been like even four years ago in Australia. Like, was was there an interest in not just you know, the Australian team, but even just the World Cup in general for women? I know the the last World Cup in France, I think, was the first one that was fully broadcast. I think they broadcast every single game from memory. So I know there was a bit of a deal around that coverage. And I vaguely remember the, the hype around it a little bit because I know the Matildas sort of struggled in the group stage, had a famous win over Brazil to get out in that final game and then got eliminated by Norway on penalties. So I remember that. But I mean, kind of once that was done, it was sort of bye. Thanks very much. I know there was a bit of coverage around the women's Euros last year, but yeah, I think it's it's sort of we're seeing a lot in Europe in the last few years how much has been expanded massively, and I think it's really just this tournament in Australia to be fair that has really done. It. I mean, but we we have sort of a, a public poll every sort of year. One of our big news corporations will do like who is Australia's most beloved sporting team, and I think for the last like couple of years, the Matildas have always topped that that poll. Um, but, yeah, I think this has just really set it through the roof. Even during the Olympics a couple of years, Jared, I mean, you know, the Matildas went on a run to the semifinals, but I feel that that really wasn't, um, you, you know, like that's almost forgotten about in a weird way. I don't really think that's been talked a, a whole lot that this is kind of exactly the same thing as what we did two years ago in the Olympics, right? And we ultimately didn't win the bronze to the US. But, um, yeah, I think that it's changed. The landscape has changed, you know, from – two, three weeks ago to, oh, women's sport, women's game to that's barely even been mentioned anymore. And, if, and if, even just what you said there, Jared, too, you think about these these sporting events and the one that was always compared to last night, the Kathy Freeman race. I mean, you think about that. That Obviously, there was no official numbers recorded during those Sydney Olympics as estimates. But if you think about that, what are the two most watched sporting events in this country or the two most watched events in this country ever? Two women's sporting events. You know, what's the nearest male one? It would be Leighton Hewitt's final in 2005, if I'm not mistaken. 
Um, so, I mean, that's that's incredible to just even think about that, isn't it? That that is something that we now own in this country. Yeah, I, th- I think Ash Barty's final is kind of up there too. So that yeah. might even be like three on the list. So it's um it's insane, and it's I think it's about time. And I think kind of the build up too with the Matildas, it's been like a long time coming. I feel like when they're out for like, was it the inaugural tournament of nations where kind of they beat the U S and, mm. and they had kind of a win against Brazil. Like you could kind of see the potential there building in terms of fan base and, and like stadiums are starting to granted smaller stadiums that were starting to kind of sell out. Um, but it's just been, I think strength to strength. And, and now I just don't see kind of that support going away anytime soon. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and you talk Colin about sort of the growth and the, that of the games. I mean, you, let's look at Spain, for example. I mean, Canada 2015, it was the first World Cup they'd ever qualified for, female World Cup, and out in the group stage, France, four years ago, round of 16, now they're in the final. Uh, you know, so, I mean, this is only their third World Cup. You think Spain, powerhouse in, in world football, obviously, and, and the men's side of things, won it in 2010, but it's it's kind of, this is a, a huge big thing. And then even England, you, you know, I mean, you think of football powerhouses, England's up there, uh, they won it once, remember, in the men's, um, but it's sort of, it's always that level. And just we've seen that with them winning the Euros last year in front of like 85,000 people at Wembley and just everything that's going on there. The, these women are household names in a, in a country where soccer is life. It is, it is what is, it's the same as what hockey is to Canada. You know, it's just, that is their lifeblood. So it's just incredible. And Colin, I'm glad you brought up the England watch party because I think honestly, and I'm not just saying this to diss England, but I think we've been so captivated by everything that's been happening in this country that honestly, I've not really seen a whole lot of anything that's happened outside, um, you know, the last couple of days about the reaction in Sweden, England or Spain. So uh, I'm glad you've at least seen that, Colin. Yeah, just something to add here on like how the game has grown. Uh, Just reading the statistics on what was the most profitable and most uh, attended World Cup in history, it was the, the 2015 one in Canada, uh, previously had averaged 26,000 fans per game as an average in 2015. Uh, the Australia and New Zealand average is 31,000. So, I mean, huge increase in only eight years. I mean, that that's, that's a significant increase in only uh, eight years here. Uh, and again, this is just, this is looking at two countries that hadn't really had success. So this isn't like, oh, we're all coming out. I mean, obviously the Australian tennis is, you know, up there, but, that's still a small portion of the amount of games that are being played. This is just people in general who want to go see Nigeria or want to go see Jamaica. Yeah. And you're averaging now 31,000 people per game. Well, I believe the um, there was, what, I think 54 or 40, whatever the, the amount of games there generally was in the World Cup. Obviously, they expanded this World Cup, but the record attendance was broken even before we reached those in the last eight or so matches, basically from the previous World Cups. And obviously now we've got more matches than we usually have in women's World Cups. But I, I want to give a shout out to New Zealand, actually, because they're obviously no longer hosting any games. The last one was the semi final between Spain and Sweden. But I think five of their attendances, if I'm not mistaken, broke all previous football records, attendance records in their country, men or women. And that was all at Eden Park. I think they had three or four of their games at Eden Park completely sell out. Not even involving New Zealand, if you don't mind. I think two of their New Zealand games did, but it's just incredible to think that this is a country that, you know, two weeks before the World Cup, they were worried. They were worried that they were not getting the ticket sales that they were getting here in Australia. And it just went absolutely through the roof. And our good friend Nick Chester, 
uh, he went uh, to the Sweden-Argentina game and he basically straight away said, like, I should have gone to more of these. Like, I mean, I regret this now. Like, I think a lot of New Zealanders, I've seen a lot of coverage over there where they've kind of gone like, oh, shit, like, you know, we underestimated this. Um, and that's kind of the thing to see. And, I mean, I know I've been to every game in Sydney and just the, the attendance, as I, I always throw back, we talked about it the other week, the Korea-Columbia game, which was a midday on a Tuesday game, 25,000 mm. people which, you know, it's more than half full on a Tuesday afternoon. Absolutely insane. And then 24,000 Colombians? Basically. Um, and every other game I went to, a sellout. And still the best atmosphere I went to. I mean, last night was pretty decent. But um, I think that was more of just a passion sort of thing. Whereas I think, I mean, the Colombia-Germany game was just absolutely insane. I still stand by that that was the best one there. But, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. And I really hope that this kind of sticks and it can keep flowing through and... Obviously, now the, the big whisper in this country is that we're, we're looking at a 2034 bid for the Men's World Cup, whether that's sharing with New Zealand or possibly with Indonesia, um, which would be, be very exciting. We're going to see how that goes for Canada in a couple of years on the men's side of things as well. And I just, I'll say, Colin, I just I finished watching the, the weekend series on YouTube, which they did in the women's, and they actually did do one for the men's in the lead up to Qatar. Both fascinating fascinating documentaries they're free on youtube I, I recommend watching it justin trudeau is just like the star of both he just shows up all the time hi i'm justin trudeau and i'm here to wish you all luck <laughs> um but it's kind of just yeah the emergence and the growth and it doesn't age well the women's one though i will say when the whole part is like we're gonna win the world cup and you just feel like <laughs> you need to have that curb your enthusiasm music but uh yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. I just actually, just while I'm, I bring up Canada, because I want to obviously talk about the results and predictions and everything like that. Um, has there been, in the two weeks since it's happened, Colin, that they've been eliminated? Have they come home? Has there been any sort of wash up or have Canada just moved on and gone, hey, NHL starting in like a month, eh? It's very quickly moving on. But I, th- I think part of that is just that the interest in the World Cup uh, as a whole has just remained consistent. You know, I, I was actually surprised uh, when uh, last time we were on here, I was mentioning that, you know, for Canada's games, even though it was like right in the morning, they were basically bumping the morning uh, news shows. Uh, they're preempting everything on CTV, not just airing this on cable, because we basically have it split between TSN, which is like our, our cable sports networks, and then CTV, which is like the national network. They were airing it on CTV. Uh, I was shocked when I woke up uh, yesterday to watch the semifinal and CTV had preempted everything to carry Australia, England. Uh, and, and during the the Men's World Cup, it was actually something very similar where they obviously were carrying the Canadian games on the network. But then once it got to the semifinal, so basically interest in the Women's World Cup right now in Canada, despite Canada being out, is just as high as it was in the men's. Great. And the men's always had that interest, whether Canada was in it or not. I like that. That's what I like to hear. That That's really good. So the final for you then, if I'm not mistaken, will be at about five in the morning. Uh, I think it's four. Four? Are you four sure? Yeah. Um, I think I th- you well, are Unless wrong. they changed it. Uh, they... No, it will be at five for you because it starts at eight here. So uh, it will be at 5 a.m. Oh, okay. Unless you've got daylight savings or something this weekend or something that's coming up very, very well, early, but... I was worried about them that then after the game was over, the commentators were like, you know, it's going to start at 5 a.m. Eastern time. So I'm maybe that's the pre-show, I guess, that starts at 4 a.m. I reckon that is what it is. But are you going to get up and watch it? 
Um, it, it all depends on how well I sleep the day before. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't want to watch it, but uh, if I don't get any sleep the day before, I'll probably just say I'm going to turn off my alarm. Jared, are you going to get up and watch it at 8 p.m.? Or? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have to have a nap beforehand. To have a nap to, to beforehand, which I mean, we'll, we will talk about that. Let's talk about the final and we'll go over some other results and things like that too. And of course, as I said, we'll, we'll throw some snippets very shortly of uh, Jared, myself, Jimmy, and some of the other games there as well. But we've got a Spain-England final. Now, I said a couple of days ago, because I've always had a ticket to the final. This is a, one of the first tickets I bought back in November last year. I said ahead of these semifinals, I'm like, look, worst final possible for me would be England-Spain. Like, <laughs> like, let's hope at least Sweden make it so I can go for Sweden if Australia don't make it. Obviously, if Spain makes it, let's go for Australia. Like, I have spent a large portion of my life disliking the Spanish football team. Uh, so, and we know my thoughts in England. So, for the first time, I think, in my life, I'm going, Espen, Espanol, let's go Spain. Um, You're rooting to lose money. Yeah, well, I mean, I've won money. Uh, so, I've won a minimum 50 bucks thanks to my work <laughs> sweep because I got England. But, um, I mean, look, it's going to be an exciting one. We've got a first-time winner no, no matter what, obviously. Sad to see Japan get eliminated because, to me, they were the best team in the tournament and they uh, yeah. unfortunately got eliminated. But uh, I was hopeful for Sweden that our perennial bridesmaids were finally going to crack it. And they cracked it in a different way. But I think it's going to be entertaining because I think we've seen Spain being very entertaining. They're very fun to watch, whereas England as well. Yeah, they're England. I mean, Jared, you and I saw Spain about six months ago. We weren't impressed, but they were missing some of their best players back then. So I guess we can give them a bit of a pass. But how are you feeling now? Spain versus England. I'm fully on the Spain train, but I mean, that's not a surprise. It's the, the, the Nadal connection. Like I've always had a soft spot for the Spanish. So um, I think kind of, I mean, provided Australia wasn't there, that was who I was going to be going for no matter what. So it's not coming home. Not, not, no. I famously, I feel like I famously said last episode, I think it might be coming home. Oh, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I retract that, but also feel free to, to play that clip to, to make me out to be a psychic yeah, uh, later on. But I um, win. Maybe I'll mm. dig that up. But, um, I mean, I, the one positive, I think, of me being at a World Cup final with England is I can see them choking person. So, I mean, that, that might be a thing. We did have a very cocky English fan in front of us last night who I kind of wanted to slap every now and then. Um, there, there was no no chance that there was a cocky Australian fan behind them. Hey, we there was seventy five thousand of us, Colin. Like, I mean, <laughs> not directly behind them anyway. Two rows back. I had one directly so in front of me. You know, seventy five thousand to one ratio. <laughs> Taking responsibility for Australia's loss. That kid, that kid behind us, who who was like England overrated uh, on repeat ad nauseum for like twenty minutes until they scored. Uh, that kid, I'm blaming him for the loss. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm blaming fat bastard in front of me who was like you know eighteen thousand kilograms with like a freaking head on that he wouldn't fucking move and i'm like i'm having to go i'm not sitting in jared's lap one end i'm sitting in uh well i wish i was in colin's lap uh, jimmy's lap the other <laughs> end because this guy was like he was a tank he was so big okay and right in I front of me I love that there is a radius of blame that you guys are completely, you're in the eye of the hurricane, everybody else around, oh, it was this guy, and then there was that guy just to the we're right of us. English, Colin, we whinge, we complain, we can't just, we're not Canadian, we're just like, oh, we play well here, we'll move on. We, we are half English, this is what we do, we're Australian, we own it. But you didn't riot, so you have some manners. Well, we don't riot. We just get drunk and set off flares. Um, I don't think there was any arrests last night, were there, Jared? I didn't hear of any reports of that. Uh, just the people waiting on the 
train platform for oh. three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get home all right last night? Oh, uh, we drove it. It was a dream oh, run home. Fuck you. Zero traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Colin, the train died in Sydney last night. And so I was like, I could have gotten a lift home with Jimmy because Jimmy drove any other night. Yay, Jimmy, get in the car. But of course, I had to work afterwards. So I had to go into a park where you had to do a filming episode. All the while, while Luke Combs next door came out. And oh my God, the amount of drunken cowboy rednecks that decided to jump in our live broadcast, go fuck her right in the pussy. And oh, my nipples are hard. And all the fun stuff that we had to edit out last night, followed by train delays. I didn't get home till like 1.30 in the morning. And then I didn't edit and go to bed. It was fun. Great night for the Matildas to get eliminated. So thanks, Sydney Trains. Appreciate your... Uh, uh, was your drive nice, Jared? Was it a nice, safe drive home? No traffic. Yeah. Uh, yep. Good, good quicker than a normal normal trip. You wouldn't have even known any event was were on. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, there Perf- you go. Perfect opportunity to cry in peace. Yeah, nobody around yeah, to mock you. <laughs> exactly. Um, it was a bit of a like. I, I, we're going to backtrack and go to the Kerr goal in a minute because there are a few there were a few things last night we're going to talk about. But uh, Colin, Spain, England, where are you at? I I feel like it honestly go either way. Um, I, I'm kind of pulling for Spain. This isn't to get on Ben's good side, uh, because I'm usually, not good side. I'm usually do, I'm usually looking to do the opposite. So that's how you know. <laughs> it's my uh, four really, thousandth. No. You you think of me now? Oh. <laughs> uh, I I mean I think that uh, again I'll I'll brought up many times on here, many times on the shows. My mentality is always I want my team to be beaten by the best. So I don't know if either of you oh, are England. secretly hoping that if England wins, it means you're beaten by the best but and not the second England. best. Would you say that if you got beaten by America? No. Like James Bond is the best. <sighs> but the I love best... Ethan Hunt, but he's no James Bond. But the, be- but the best James Bond was Irish. So, and the second best is Scottish, and the third best is Welsh. Well, no, the second best is Welsh. The third, but none of the best Bonds are English, though. That's mm-hmm. the thing. So- and if Spain wins, we beat them two months ago. So technically, <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Banderas is Spanish. Um, See, that was, that was funny. That was my first thought. I'm like, no, oh, do I want to go for Bond or or Antonio Banderas? Which, is it Zorro? Which means technically, Puss in Boots is Spanish, and Puss in Boots is French with <laughs> Shrek. So that means Shrek wins the World Cup. See, you're welcome. There we go. Points of elimination there <laughs> to get Trek to win the World Cup. That's how Spain win the World Cup. Honestly, like, I really don't give two shits about who wins. Like, I really don't. Like, yes, I'm going for Spain. But, like, honestly, I want penalties. I want to be in that stadium on Sunday. I want it to be, like, tense. I want to be memorable. And I, I, I like I have not seen penalties live in person ever in a in a match like this. So I'd love to see in a World Cup final so I can see English fans cry in typical fashion getting eliminated from a World Cup on penalties. That would be fantastic. But I just I yeah, I, I really I don't really care <laughs> if I'm being absolutely honest. Um but I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see. There's an opening ceremony of the uh of the final. I think Jessica Malboy's performing, Delta Goodrum's there. Oh, treadmill? Uh, yeah, probably. Fucking Bernard Fanning, shoot me now. Our um, Benny and Morad aren't performing the official song, which did you hear it last night, Jared? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I've, heard it, I've been to 10 World Cup games and I've heard it being played once. The official song is doing well at the uh, the Women's World Cup. But, it, I mean, it's it, great history, obviously. First time winner in the Women's World Cup. Um, whoever wins will join Germany as the only country to have won the Men's and the Women's World Cup. 
in the history. So uh, lots of things to look at there. And I've seen a bit of Spanish press and they seem pretty excited for it there. At, jokes aside, Antonio Banderas did tweet out, uh, congratulations to, I think, what La Rojas or whatever they're called, um, you know, for making the final. So he is on board. Uh, so, hey, Antonio Banderas. Um, is Rafa? Is Rafa behind it? Do you know, Jared? Oh, he is. He definitely. There was some posts up on, uh, I think, Instagram today. So uh, he will definitely be watching. There you go. Wait, 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 wait. Important part. Who's Natalie Portman going for? Oh, Ruby Tui and uh, Jacinda Ardern. I mean, who cares? <laughs> She's an Olympic gold medalist now, Natalie Portman. Um, <laughs> she she met our beloved Ruby Tui. So um, she's, I, I'm, she, I'm, she'll be there. I'm assuming she will be in that stadium on Sunday. So if I can find her. Oh, I, wow. I walked past Emma McKeon last night, you know, but I mean, if I see Natalie Portman, you will not hear from me on our Monday record. I will be in jail. Um, I would have been arrested for stalking. So <laughs> just as, as much as I'm not a Natalie Portman fan, uh, that, that would be amazing. That, that would be, I'm not even watching. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for that, Colin. Um, you know, mediocre podcast host arrested for stalking Natalie Portman at the world cup finals. Maybe. Mediocre, that's an upgrade. It is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's the best thing you've ever said to me. Uh, and I'm not going to bring this podcast down to the level of the Oz Network, but maybe I can pass on our message about Tom Cruise to her. And then <laughs> I don't know if she knows Tom Cruise. I mean, she's Natalie Portman. I'm assuming she does. But, um, yeah, listen to the Oz Network to hear that rubbish uh, joke on, on, on that show. Um, and you know what the best part is, is that Jared is more likely to be the one that you call for bail than me. Yeah. <laughs> and Jared, be will be busy. Quicker. I'll be busy. <laughs> I'll be busy. <laughs> Please help me, Jared. Oh, sorry, I'm busy. Sorry. sorry who? <laughs> Who's calling? I'll call Amber. I remember her name now. He oh, did yeah. what? <laughs> Lock him up. <laughs> Throw away the key. Oh, it's only Natalie Portman. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but there obviously will be a third place playoff, Australia versus Sweden. Um, which I hate that this is the third place playoff because it's like, if this is a final, if we lost to Sweden, I'd be happy. Like Sweden, you won. Yay, Sweden, finally. But like, no one wants fourth. It's not even like the Olympics fourth. It's like at least an Olympics fourth. You still, I think you get a certificate. Um, like top six finishes at the Olympics get something. But like a World Cup fourth is just like, it's the off the podium of finishing. It's just there. It's mediocre. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're third, you keep the flame alive. Uh, it's literally off the podium. It's fourth. Uh, <laughs> he says with an award behind us. Hello, keep the flame alive. <laughs> but um, I just, uh, but like, it should be fun. 50,000 people at, at uh, I'm calling it freaking Suncorp Stadium. Sorry, FIFA. That's what it's called. Um, Lang Park, Brisbane Rectangular Stadium, whatever you want to call it without your sponsorships attached to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jared, we want third. Give us third. Oh, we, or we need to step up from the Olympics. Yeah. Like, I don't want, don't want a repeat of that. Give us third. Yeah, give us third. Colin, uh, Canada famously finished fourth back in 2003. Uh, you've been in this position before. Uh, you lost to the USA. But, I mean, you know, everyone used to lose to the USA. But now they suck. We'll get to them in a minute. <laughs> but I, I think that's where you can be the most invested. Like, I'm, I mean... Yeah, I guess technically, if you know, if you're going to go for the gold, you're very invested, but nobody wants to go home with fourth. So I would say from the fans point of view, I mean, that that's going to be edge of your seat. Like, don't let it be fourth. Don't let it be fourth. Uh, I remember even just the the um, uh, Rio Olympics, like Canada going for the bronze, like 
I, I feel like in some ways that was a bigger deal than when we won the gold in, in Tokyo. Um, and, and you know what, what's interesting though, is I, I remember back during the men's world cup, we talked about how that third place game tends to usually be more exciting yep. than the gold medal. Yep. Now that obviously didn't happen uh, with uh, the men's world cup last year. It ended up flipping positions, but traditionally that is the closer one. That's the one that's a lot more exciting to yeah, watch. Because usually defense goes out the window. It's almost like an all-stars game in like the NBA. There's no such thing as defense. It's just like, let's pepper the goals. I mean, I remember uh, 2006 in Germany and the men's world cup, uh, you know, Germany, lost the semifinals in heartbreaking fashion, but in their home World Cup, like them and Portugal, they were just goals everywhere. It was fantastic. Uh, it was really, really good. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think particularly Australia will want to go out in a high. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it will mean a lot. And I think it also just going back to our earlier points about the future of the sport in the country and the women's sport in particular, that we can turn around and say we finished third in a World Cup. Sounds better than fourth in a World Cup. Um, but a couple of fun facts. I always like a good fun fact. Sweden have been in this position. Uh, this is, I believe, their third, uh, sorry, their fourth third-place playoff. They've never lost a third-place playoff before at the World Cup. But the host nation has been in the third-place playoff once before in 2003, the USA, and they won it. So the host nation has never lost a third-place playoff <laughs> either. So um, it's got a budge somewhere here as well. But just a fun fact on the final as well, Spain in the 2000 olympics in the men's football competition made the final the gold medal match where they played cameroon now if people remember that match spain led two nil at half time it's gonna be glory glory days for spain they were gonna win an olympic gold medal in men's football cameroon came back they got two goals well technically they got one because there was an own goal for spain and then famously, Cameroon won on penalties and won an Olympic gold medal. If I'm not mistaken, still their only ever Olympic gold medal too. Now, that was a glory day for men's football for Cameroon and a dark day for Spain. So they don't have very good memories of this stadium, Spain. So uh, maybe this can be a bit of a revenge for 23 years ago in Stadium Australia. I might maybe I'll bring a Cameroon flag on Sunday to, to, <laughs> to taunt Spanish fans. Hey Spain! <laughs> Cameroon! <laughs> um yeah, no, they, they probably wouldn't remember. They're probably not even born back then. Um either just I mean, just some of the knockout things uh, that we should just talk about. Obviously the USA went out. That was a pretty epic penalty Oof. shootout. Uh did you watch that one, Colin? Yeah, uh, particularly, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a goal as close as that final one. Mm. I mean, the goalie was basically, no, no, it didn't go in, like, obviously without seeing the footage. But, I mean, to, to have it literally be, like, a centimeter just in the right spot, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. You know, it wasn't the longest shootout we've ever seen, but pins and needles, I mean, because, again, this is the United States. I mean, love them or hate them, a lot of people chose to hate them during this for various reasons. But uh, for the favorites to go out on a goal that close and a game that close, I mean, you really can't top the drama of that. Just quickly, uh, I, I want to comment on that, but I want to correct myself to our Cameroonian listeners. That was their first ever Olympic gold medal, correct. But uh, Francois Mbonga Atoni, of course, the esteemed woman's triple jumper, 
won gold in both Athens and Beijing. So they've won three Olympic gold medals. Just I, I need to be correcting my 4,000th, how embarrassing that would be with all the, yeah. all my fans listening to my milestone event. Um, I agree completely. And I think that a lot of people talked about that being a very crazy penalty shootout. It was a crazy penalty shootout because a lot of people were missing shots. And then obviously you said not the longest. That now holds Australia-France. That officially is the longest penalty shootout in men's and women's World Cups. But, uh, I mean, Jared, you sat on the line with me during the Olympics in 2021 watching that Canada-Sweden penalty shootout. I still stand by that as the most batshit crazy penalty shootout I've ever watched, even more than the Australia-France one. That was just fucking insane. Um, but the the USA one was crazy. And, yeah, like, the, the thing that, like, look, I am a bit of a US fanboy. I'm not going to deny that. But, I mean, part of it was also kind of interesting to see them get knocked out at that stage. But... Gotta say, I think it was a little bit harsh, some of the criticism they got for a country that kind of did make the women's game a thing. Um, I get it. They were very cocky. They were very arrogant. That's America. I mean, that's just how they are. That doesn't matter. I take it more as they're very proud. Take it as arrogant, whatever you want to say. But, you know, um, I mean, at least they lost to Sweden. I'll say, like, it wasn't like they lost to a shit country like Switzerland. I told, I told you. Did no, I not tell Cameroon. you? Did I not say two weeks ago what Switzerland would do? You're welcome. You talk <laughs> about predicting things, Jared. I told you what Switzerland would do, and here we are. Thank you. But, um, Jared, I went through about 58,000 different things there. Cameroon Com- on Cameroon. Cameroon. Um, the, the shootout. How did I get to 4,000? Fuck. It was crazy. I saw the highlights. Um, I am with you. I, like... I'm kind of the opposite. I will like unashamedly root against America at kind of any opportunity in a, in a sporting event. Um, Don't say 9-11. But, but... <laughs> sporting event. Jared, Jared, Important. Jared Underline. sitting on the couch Underline. in 9-11 event. with like an Afghanistani flag. Yay! Woo! Summer! <laughs> wow. That took a he turn. He said sporting event, people. Woo. Sporting and event. Throw me under the bus or something that didn't happen. <laughs> getting, um, it's getting hot in here. I no, I actually like the backlash after I felt sorry for them. I was like, what is everybody on about? Sure. They're arrogant, but that's like, that's the, I feel like that's the American sports person state of mind. But also if you're that good, you kind of have a right, every right to be arrogant. Like being that good of a team, you have every right to go in confident and arrogant or whatever you want to call it. Um, But afterwards, yeah, I felt sorry for them. Like the backlash was crazy. And, and like watching, I mean, I got joy out of watching the clips when they're like, they're so un-American, all the other stuff that they were spouting. It should be about football. Like, look at this. And they cut to a clip and it's one of them saying, yeah, we've done a lot of good work in terms of like equality of pay in women's sport. I'm like, whoa, how, how outrageous. <laughs> like that was Ooh. the comment that they picked at this outrageous being so political, this, that, whatever else. Um, but yeah, I actually felt sorry for an American sporting team for, I think the first time in my life. When you come into a tournament as the reigning two-time champions, uh, four-time champions in, in this event. And again, like pioneers of this game, like the women's game, like 20, 30 years ago, when they were lucky to get 5,000 people in stadiums in women's world cups, who was the one country who were getting crowds and paying their women's athletes, you know, obviously not much as men, but they were still doing it. And you hear these stories of some of these Spanish footballers, English footballers in the home of football that were being treated like second-class citizens. I'm not saying American female players, you know, had it great, but they still were pioneers to push it through. And, yeah, I think it was a little bit harsh, some of the level of vitriol that went against them. And uh, 
being friends with some Americans. And uh, obviously, you know, they were quite different. And can I just say too, like the fans, like that Netherlands South Africa game that I went to that ultimately should have been the USA had they topped the group. There were more American fans at that game than there were South African fans. So all those American fans who had obviously bought tickets, booked that in, this is the game we're going to for a knockout game and didn't make it. They still showed up all in their Team USA gear. This is obviously the, the, the day they got eliminated. They hadn't been eliminated yet. But even in subsequent games, you would still see American fans. I, I met a couple last night from San Diego who had travelled to Sydney and they had been there purely for the Women's World Cup. And they were obviously still a bit sad the USA got eliminated, but they were still in their USA gear and they were supporting Australia because one of our players played for the San Diego Wave. Just proud Americans who were just still taking it on the chin and just supporting this game. And I have met more Americans who have travelled here for this World Cup than I think any other nation. More than English. And look at the English here. So, um, yeah. Colin, I don't know if you want to defend I, America. You're, you're Canadian. You're, no, you're I do. <laughs> I, and for one thing, they were my picks to win this thing True. all the way back at the beginning of this. But, uh, I mean... I'm close enough that I I know and I was able to see the reaction when they won their first World Cup. And every player back then became a household name. I mean, literally a household name at the level of like pro sports players in the NFL and NHL and NBA and everything. Maybe it was huge. Uh, and obviously they've continued to have success since then. I think that there's um, there, there's a fine line between being cocky and arrogant. And I don't really see I don't really see cockiness as much as I see maybe healthy arrogance. You have to know you can win something. I mean, even Australia, I mean, if, if they go into the saying, yeah, we're really hoping for the round of 16. No, you, you got to at least have a plan. And when you have had that success, you can't go back. You can't say we've won this many world cups. We're really hoping for quarterfinals, you know, uh, there's so much pressure. This is one of the things I was happy that uh, CTV talked about after the game was over. They weren't even talking about the U.S. They were just talking about, uh, you know, Spain, England, Australia, Sweden, like these countries where it's like, now you have this benchmark that you've set where you have to equal this success. And that's a lot of pressure. The fact that it's the first time, you know, for Spain or England to win this thing takes a little bit of that pressure off, but you'll never be able to go back to where they are right now. And that's the U.S., yeah. For them to go home, the amount of pressure they have, I guarantee it was more pressure than any other team had because they basically had to win. And and it's kind of like a situation that these players, you can't blame them. They're they're put in this situation by the expectations of the public, by the expectations of the sport, by the expectations of the world that you had to come home with something. And that's something that no other teams really had to face. So was there some arrogance? Yes, but that's arrogance that they basically had to have in order to have any hope, I can't. This the closest thing I brought up uh, several times on here was the uh, the the 2006 Olympics in Canada and hockey. There was tons of arrogance. Again, it was kind of healthy arrogance. It was like playful arrogance, but it was an assumption we are going to win this thing, and it didn't go according to plan. And there was the same type of backlash here. Australian swimming team, London 2012. Uh, I'll <laughs> just I'll, I'll let that sit. Um, oh yeah, we're the best. We're so good. One gold medal later. Um, Equinox. But like, I think that it it gives you a different perspective if you think about where your country has been in some sport like that. Every country, even Cameroon, Cameroon at some point (laughs) had to say, you know, if we don't equal this success, then somehow it's a letdown. And to not even get close to that success has to be heartbreaking. So, I mean, I don't really blame anybody. The the one meme that I think I did have quite a chuckle at 
was a picture of uh, Megan Rapino saying that the Galactic Empire have hired Megan Rapino to uh, teach stormtroopers how to shoot. Um, so <laughs> um, I thought that was funny. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take that one on board. But um, yeah, other I mean, Columbia making the quarterfinals was fantastic as well. Um, thought they were going to do it against uh, England the other night. France good as well that they did that and you know i was half rooting for like if again if france had beaten australia in the quarters i would have easily been on the france train last night the dutch a bit cruel there jared getting eliminated how they did but uh they, they, they nearly got there in the swedes and japan i mean come on they were brilliant um and yeah. you know sad oh. to see them go i think everybody is just shocked that J- japan went out um like that so yeah but um and obviously you know Countries like Morocco that we saw in the round of 16, uh, Norway, uh, Switzerland, told you, uh, and Jamaica. Nigeria as well. Nigeria put it up to England. And, and props to Nigeria. Seriously, they beat Australia. Should have beaten England, let's be honest. Um, so, um, yeah. So, been very, very entertaining so far. We're going to hear some clips in just a moment, get some predictions and everything as well. Um, but uh, two things I want to touch on from last night. Now, Jared, we were right behind the goal when Sam Kerr got that goal. Now, I don't know if you've watched the fucking replay of it because, like, I don't think we could really appreciate it because it was, it was a weird moment. Like, whenever she got the ball, everyone would stand up, like, because it's fucking Sam Kerr's got it. And she'd go for a run, right? So she gets that ball basically at the halfway line, and we're seeing her go for a run. And we're like, oh, no, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when she kind of hit it, it was sort of like you half knew she was shooting, but you kind of thought, like, oh, no, this isn't going in. But then you just kept watching it, you kept watching it, you kept watching it. And when it hit the back of the net and we all just went up, like, I've been to many a sporting event in my life, but I don't know if I've been in a situation where, like, everybody's body just lost control of itself, right? Like, I got my phone out eventually to kind of get the aftermath of it, but the first, like, 30 seconds of that, like, have you ever felt a sense of euphoria in your life at that moment? That was just insane last night, and what a goal. No, and it was uh, it was so good, and I, I agree. It was, it was so different being there in person to watching the replays back. Like being there, like didn't notice that like it took like a slight def- deflection off the other player. And what you said, it didn't, it was like, is she, is she crossing it? Is someone else going to run in? What's the deal here? And they're like, oh no, this is on target. And and this is going in. It was such a good goal. And yeah, the moment everybody's standing up screaming, I think what helped it too, was the fact that it was so obviously like, okay, this counts. It wasn't one of yeah. those where everybody's it's cheering the ovulation the and, then, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then like, oh, offside. Like this was so obviously like, there's no way they can call this against us. Like this is definitely a goal. We're back on like level playing terms. It was just incredible. And then there was a moment where we were down 2-1 when she had that uh, shot off that corner, which was like just millimetres the other way. And had that gone in, uh, would have gone to extra time shot at that point. The other moment we need to talk about last night, Jared, and uh, Colin's unaware of the situation. This is the first time we get to talk about this. Now, we were at the game quite early, all right? So we're getting excited. The game's going, all right? The crowd's getting pumped up. Now, who walks out at one side of the stadium? Natalie Portman. Tazuni! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here she is. She's walking out. Do, 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 do. I'm Tazuni. I'm walking around the stadium. She's doing a lap, right? So she's at the literally the other end and she gets about halfway point. So I said to Jared, like, look, we're not that far from the, the you know, we're like, oh, I don't know, like 50 rows back. But like, there was not many people we could easily get down to the fence. So we rushed down to the fence because we're like, cool, she's going to come around and we can meet her. We can get a selfie. This will be the off the podium moment. We've gotten a selfie with a mascot. She gets about halfway point. This is when the Matildas in England come out to start training. So she's, what is she doing, Jack? She's like standing there, like hanging out with dignitaries, waving, cheering, whatever. We're standing there for a good five minutes. We've got faith in Tazuni. We love her, right? We, we love her. 
What does she do, Jared? What does she do? Turns back around. Yep. Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Goes back Could the other way. Could not be bothered. Yep. To do a full lap, the disrespect. I was so incredibly proud that I picked She's... Scarf over Mascot at that point. I was like, I'm not spending a cent on Tazuni. She's Abby Maria levels of dead to me. I don't want to know about her. Just the disrespect. And then same, same thing, same thing at same thing at halftime. I'll come out and I'll I'll just see like what was the deal like Diva. is she got she getting paid by that end of the stadium like she's not a, a, a allowed to come round to us plebs like what is this and you want to know that the, 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 the previous two games at Stadium Australia we were at the other end so have we been there we could have gone down there all right now I've been to Life Side at Tumbalong Park about five times not once she's been there Jimmy's been there once got a selfie with 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 her now I I spent twenty two dollars on this. And I, I, I've got like two more opportunities to get a selfie with her. And I'm telling you now, fuck you, Tazuni. Uh, I'm pissed off. I want to meet you. All right, You've got I, one job as a mascot, right? Just do a lap at the stadium. It's not that hard. It's not Treat that hard. Fans, make them happy. You're getting, I don't know if they're getting paid. It's probably volunteering there. But um, <laughs> do your job, honestly. I walked into the Cronulla Sharks game the other night. There's two sharks right there at the gate. Standing there, greeting me. Selfie. Boom. Done. Thank you very much. Tazuni, do your job. All right? That simple. If I don't if, if I'm at the Olympics next year and I don't meet Fridge, failure. Like it's like I, I'm gonna I wanna steal a Fridge suit. I'll bring it back and I'll wear it on an episode. But um You're just quickly compiling a list of mascots that are dead to you. Uh, I'm starting to understand why she didn't come any closer. It's Waterworth. <laughs> I know what he does when he when he, he's not a fan of mascots. Look at throws Izzy. him over his shoulder and snubs him. Look at Izzy sitting there waving, smiling, and being happy because Izzy <laughs> is a mascot of the people. Izzy would have met everyone. <laughs> I guarantee you, everybody who went to Atlanta got a photo with Izzy. Okay, I'm just telling you, Jared. I'm sure Izzy you, probably got punched by everybody in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm sure, Jared, you got too many photos of Sid, Millie, and Ollie. Like I'm sure that yeah. you just you couldn't stop getting photos taken with them. You know, Wendy and that Wendy and that, that other fox who are the who are the wanderers mascots. They got two of them. They do yep. laps. They greet people. You take a photo with them. Yep. Fucking. That's just just etiquette. What, Send Tazuni back to mascot school because she clearly didn't pass. What was it? <laughs> Sasquatch, Cumpswatch, and whatnot at Vancouver. Um, Mutt, 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 I've got oh. your guys muck mucks. I, I need to send those one of these days. I'll swap you for a Canadian scarf when they're probably 30% send, off. Send, me, send me to Zuni. Now, now that Tazuni's dead to you, send me to Zuni for a muck muck. I'll give you, I'll give you the, the prime muck muck and send Jerry. trade. You, you have to send me. <laughs> Would you like a Tazuni hat? Um, <laughs> hey, we've send got me to a, We've got a better mascot coming, all right? And it cost us half yeah. the fucking show's budget um what am i talking about we don't have a budget it costs us like any more 500 times more than we've ever freaking spent on this show we're poor it costs us a month a month salary <laughs> this is the type of money you drop on engagement rings yeah. uh, i know i bought a few uh trust me it is um yeah so i i can't wait for our reveal once we get our bank balance back it'll be just a 2d paint drawing this is our mascot um Clips. I have some clips for you. Uh, Jimmy and I were at the round of 16 game, Australia versus Denmark Stadium Australia. And Jimmy and I were also there with Jared last night at Stadium Australia. So let's hear from Jimmy and I at the Denmark Australia game and Jared and I at the Australia England game. This is reactions from before, middle and after both games. (laughs) 
All right, we are at the Australia versus Denmark round of 16 game. I have found a very good friend of ours of off the podium, Jimmy Kearney-Owen. Jimmy, am I getting better at pronouncing your name? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, it's correct to pronounce. pronounce that, yeah. that was correct? Yeah, that's correct. First time. Of all the shows for me to get it correct, I'm doing it off the podium. Something's going all right. Um, first of all, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Pumped pump for this game. Yeah, can't wait. Last time we were here, it was yeah. a good result. Um, right now... I'm 100% for Matildas and Socceroos games. You're 100% for Matildas and Socceroos games live. Do you think it's going to continue tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping the trend continues, but my trend for the penalties was it uh, ended yesterday. So three, three out of four. Yeah, dude, that's true. You'd been every game you'd been to, there'd been a, a penalty at least once. Um, now, we haven't actually talked to you in the audio form since that opening game. Obviously, we've had you in a few of our social media clips on Instagram, but you've been to a few of these games, of course, with me. How have you found this tournament so far since that opening night? Sort of getting a bit used to the vibe and the feel. We're obviously now into the, the meaty stage of the tournament, but you've enjoyed the first couple of weeks of this tournament? Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, I'm pretty sad it's uh, slowly coming to an end. But, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, It's great for Australia and New Zealand. And the, the crowds, the atmosphere, everything has just been insane. The fact that now all the games here in Sydney are here at Stadium Australia. We've, we've had this conversation, you and I, plenty of times. I'm a Kathy, I'm a Nikki, everybody in this stadium. But now it's going to be the home of the Matildas, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I think the best, best atmosphere they've experienced was the Germany-Columbia game. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was just... The result wasn't. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sad that Germany lost. Yeah, we don't talk about that. My uh, Germany love at the moment is waning after the last couple of years. But uh, very much looking forward to this. And we just did a little video on social media giving a score prediction but given that that would have been long forgotten about by the time people hear this give me a score prediction right now because this is either going to age very well or it's not so right now you got the floor to give me a score prediction and why are you going for that score prediction i'm going for the home team 3-0 to australia and is that just based on confidence you think they're better than denmark or you're just going it's time the goals came out of the bag last week against canada they're going to flow against Denmark. Uh, well, we're due for a win. All the big teams have been knocked out. Germany, USA last night, so hopefully Australia will win. Right now, the time of us uh, recording this, it's nil all in England, Nigeria, and uh, World Cup history is anything to go by. England are about to be eliminated in penalties, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I hope not, because England was my pick to win. England's your pick to win. Well, look, again, as I've said on this show, I've got money on England in a work sweep. I'd love to see an England-Australia semi-final. But also, I would love to see England get eliminated as well. So I'm happy with either result, no matter what. Uh, we'll check in at halftime with you, Jimmy. But uh, let's go, Matildas. Go, Matildas. Halftime, Australia won. Denmark nil. I don't remember who were playing there for a second. Um, Caitlin Ford with an amazing goal. Jimmy right in front of us. How's that? Oh, that was a brilliant goal. D- down, the, down the wing. Get your cut back inside. Nutmeg the goalie. That's it, yeah. Nutmeg the goalie. Straight through the five hole. It was fantastic. Um, but what did you make of that? I mean, a bit of a nervy start, but they came right back into it, and then they were easily the better side in the second half. Yeah. If I was a coach, Tony, just more of the same in the second half. And hopefully we can bring Sam Kerr in. Um, do, you, do you want to see it, though? Like, uh, like if we're this... Like, they're, Denmark are going to be pushing hard at the end, but if we're one nothing up deep, do we want to risk her? Yeah, just give it a run for about five, five, five minutes. Warm her up. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Test the calf out. Yeah, match practice too, so. The crowd has been pretty epic. I mean, easily 75 here. 
obviously a little bit less in the capacity than they can usually have, but we've got the Akadaka playing right now. Played a bit of the Men at Work remix going on before when we got the goal. There have been people singing Johnny Farnham. I mean, what more Australian could you want? Jimmy Barnes needs to walk out there right now and eat a meat pie with some Vegemite on it, maybe. <laughs> and the, we've got the wave, too. Went around yeah, exactly. Where are the Wiggles? The Wiggles should be here, oh, shouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, that's a classic Australian group. Come on, you think, you think that, Wiggles? Uh, are you holding on to your 3 nothing prediction still? Uh, yeah, they'll get a couple of late goals, I reckon. I'm going the 2 nothing still, I think. Well, it'll be late. We'll get a goal in, like, stoppage time. We'll win it 2 nothing. That's where I'm at. But we'll, we'll check in. Let's hold on hope that we stick to this and we hold on. Yeah. Go Matildas. Go Matildas. All right, it's after the game. Jimmy is with me. And Jimmy, as we just did the video for social media, Australia 2 nothing. I was right. I like being right. How are you feeling? Yeah, what a game. Great win for the Matildas. I saw them play against China about 10 years ago. There's only a couple of hundred people there. Look at it today. Unbelievable. 75,000 fans cheering on the Matildas. Unbelievable. Absolutely amazing night and just incredible atmosphere. Sam Kerr came on and the crowd erupted louder than any of the goals that were scored, basically. She got a few touches. She actually had a shot on goal too, so she was looking all right. Exciting night to be a fan, and the World Cup keeps going on. The hosts always make it to the quarterfinals. Sorry, New Zealand, but one of them did, and that's all that matters. Who do you want, France or Morocco? Uh, I want the upset game, Morocco. You want Morocco? Uh, yeah, go Morocco. Well, we're not scared of either, are we? Uh, we beat the French like two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just worried about the French. They're, they're playing really well in the tournament so far, so yeah, I just want the, the, the underdog to get up, go, so go Morocco. See how it goes, of course. We will be back here, uh, what, Saturday night? So it probably is England versus either Jamaica or Colombia. But you and I will do another piece at the semi-final. We'll have Jared with us. And I'm really hoping that that will be a Matildas England semi-final because that's where it could be going at this rate. Are you feeling we're going to have the Ashes right in front of us here at Stadium Australia? Yeah, that'll be epic. We just won the Ashes. We won the Netball World Cup, so we've got... Another trophy to add to, add to the cabinet it might be the World Cup. So. Yeah, bring on England. Come on, England. They won tonight, so I got my money back in the suite, so that's some good news. But uh, are we going for England, Colombia or Jamaica on Saturday night? Oh, go, go England. Uh, yeah, go it's to... hard to hear those words, but um, anyway, listen to that crowd right now. Hang on one moment. you got to listen to this. Amazing. They've got the uh, attendance up there on the screen right now, 75,784, which... It is a shame that they obviously reduce the capacity a little bit because of the media tables and the other officials and everything. Usually holds about 82,000 this stadium, but amazing. We are standing in a stadium that saw history in the Olympics. It saw history when we qualified for the Men's World Cup, when we won the Asian Cup, and now the Matildas are creating their own history right now. So, Jimmy, we're going to see you here on semi-final night, and let's hope that we're seeing all the gold around us that we're seeing then as well, because this is incredible. Yeah, it's been a fantastic night, Ben. So, yeah, can't wait for uh, Saturday. And, yep, yeah, go Matildas. Go Matildas! It is semi-final night at Stadium Australia. I am joined once again by Jimmy Kernyow. And, Jimmy, I've got your name down pat now. I'm like a pro. Yeah, great pronunciation, Ben. You've had a lot of practice. I know. It's only taken me nearly 10 years to get it right. But I'm also joined by our esteemed <laughs> co-host, the man himself, Mr. Jared Lubick. Jared, hello. Hello. 
Weren't too busy to see me tonight? No. I, this was scheduled ages in advance too. <laughs> I know, right? You, just, you were able to clear the schedule. But your first World Cup match. So how are you feeling right now? Not only because this is Matilda's, but being at your first ever FIFA Women's World Cup match. I'm excited. On the way over, I was trying to think, I was like, what's the last sporting event that I've been this excited for? And, I mean, Australian Open Final 2022, Rafa winning, sure. Um, but seeing an event live, nothing to this scale. And, like, the atmosphere already is cool. Outside the stadium was amazing. It's just going to be such a good night. You got a scarf, which, again, Jimmy and I have fought long and hard, like, for the last three and a half weeks to get one. You get one on your first night, so lucky man. But you didn't get a Tazuni. You said it was scarf or Tazuni. Why not both? Yeah, you know, the, the bank account, uh, there was another mascot purchase. Um, yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did want to shop the other upcoming mascot on the shelf, so I feel like I didn't want to get yeah, upstage with Suzuni, which wouldn't be possible, but uh, yeah. yeah. The scarf won out tonight, unfortunately. I mean, it is a nice scarf, so what can, what can we say? Have you been watching much? I know we talked about this on the show, obviously, uh, the other week, and by the time people are hearing this, we're talking about it right now, but you've been watching it glued to the TV, at least what you've been able to see in Channel 7? Oh, 100%. Like, the quarterfinal, what a match. Uh, not penalties tonight, please. I don't know if my heart can handle that again. Um, but that was a great match, and this is just, I think, going to be even better. Are you sad about the Netherlands? I am a little bit. And, sorry, like, where did Spain come from? Fuck I mean, Spain. In the, in, we saw them live. They were terrible. In the illustrious Cup of Nations, they were nothing. <laughs> They were rubbish in that game that we saw them in. Uh, Jimmy, what's your take on Spain? I've got to ask you that quickly. Last night, they're into the finals. So if, if we win, we play Spain. Uh, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with Sweden last night, hoping to, they would beat Spain. But I don't know, they are pretty lucky on the second second goal. Uh, no one was marking that player. Um, yeah, they just got a goal a couple of minutes before full time. I've got to say, for both of you here, and we'll talk about this obviously on the episode that at the time of us recording, this will be tomorrow night, Jared, for people here on the Friday. Spain have history, their football team in this stadium. Sydney 2000 Olympics, their men's team made the final of the Olympics. They lost on penalties to Cameroon, the famous gold medal that Cameroon won at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Is that a bad omen for Spain that whoever wins tonight is going to knock them off? I like to think so. I mean, unless England wins, and then I hope uh, that Spain wins the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that there's some history there. That'll be fresh in their minds. Uh, It'll be hard to overcome that mental block. Well, I I really wouldn't give a shit who wins between Spain and England. I mean, I guess I win money if England win. But uh, Spain on penalties, losing that. Sydney 2000 history, you like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, Yeah, whoever, I don't know, yeah. Hopefully they'll lose. See how it works, yeah. They'll lose. Um, I know I just got your score prediction on the video, but I'll ask it here on the pod because that video will be dead by the time people are listening. Score prediction, Jared. 3-2 Australia. Nice high-scoring game. Just quickly, do you remember Fuzzy? Do you not remember Fuzzy? You don't need to worry. There, She's on screen. She's been annoying. Um, 3-2, Jared says. What do you say again? Uh, 2-1 to Australia, and I'm still 100% with the Matilda scene. Watching them live. So, yeah, hopefully they'll continue tonight. That is true. And I'm also 100% Matildas. I've never seen a Matildas uh, game in person where they've lost. Uh, I'm going 1-1. Matildas win on penalties. So, we'll check in at halftime, see how the heart's going. And, uh, Jared, I'm excited. you excited? I am so excited. You excited, Jimmy? Oh, uh, yeah. Nervous and excited. And just to note, we're sitting on the on the end with uh, John Eloisi scored his penalty to take us to the World Cup in 2006. So hopefully that'll be a good omen for all the Aussies. Are we at the cauldron end? 
Might be the cauldron. This could be Kathy's steps. Anyway, the light's going out. She's getting real. Go, Matildas. It's halftime. Australia nil. England won. Jared. Tazuni's on the field. What do we think? We're not happy at Tazuni tonight, are we? Tazuni can get stuffed. <laughs> Tazuni snobbed us. She can fly back to New Zealand, paddle back to New Zealand. Yeah. However she's going to get there, I don't care. I blame Tazuni for this result so far, don't you? She's bad mojo. Bad, bad mojo. She literally walked across halfway of the field. Jared and I rushed down to the fence thinking we're going to meet Tazuni. And she buggered off the other way. Now she's giving English fans T-shirts. What bullshit is this? Least favourite mascot ever. Yeah, exactly. Not happy. Jimmy, thinking you're not happy. We're not happy right now, are we? No, we're not happy. Australia's got to do something in the second half. Yeah, it wasn't the best performance we've seen. England controlled possession and a few mistakes, but... Do you think this crowd will be able to turn it around and we'll be able to go? It's the first time we've conceded first at this World Cup. Oh, uh, yeah, I hope, hope the crowd will get behind them. We'll have to score first here in the second half, so, yeah. Yeah, we just need to do it then. I'm, I'm nervous. So. I'm, I'm nervous too. Uh, Jared, I'm going to ask you, can we do it? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah, yeah, one all. I think what you said at the start, one all penalties... Easy. Yep. Like 89th minute winner to uh, equalise it occur. I think own goal from the English. Yeah. <laughs> they deserve it, right? Yeah, definitely. Cheating elbow on us, pushing us down. Yeah, should have been at least two red cards by now, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, some bullshit. All right, uh, we'll check in after the, after the game and we'll see hopefully some good news. All right, this is the one time in my life I've never wanted to hear Sweet Caroline. Fuck this song. Uh, Jimmy, uh, fuck the English. Oh, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, but... You know, Matilda's had a great tournament. So we're going to go for third place, so it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to Jared with this one. Fuck the English. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been saying it on this show for the last two years now, so that's fine, right? Yeah, it's about time it came true. This is dead. I've never heard so many people not excited to hear Sweet Caroline. This is, like, very sombre right now. But, I mean, Sam Kerr's goal, I mean, what a goal. Oh, goal of the tournament, clearly. Easily. Um... Yeah, I don't know what else to say. We just did a video. We're feeling flat. Go Spain. Oh, go Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, probably the last time we'll have you on off the podium during this World Cup. But, um, yeah, go Spain. You're saying go England, I guess? Yeah, go England. Oh. Hey, I've won a minimum of at least $50 in the sweep. Yay, money! Um, yeah. Back to the studio. Jared, I appreciate you joining me last night. That was that was fun. So, and no I blamed worries. you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, that was rude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a rude man. What can I rude, say? Rude, but not unexpected. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Colin's put up with me more. He knows what to expect. Uh, predictions. So, um, I'm just saying this right now. Congratulations, Jared, for shitting it in as usual. Uh, right now, you are on 25 points. Colin's on 19. I'm on 16. Like, I mean, I could say let's triple or nothing right now, and I would still. Um, I would still lose. So just to go, I'm not going to go over every single result, but in the round of 16, Jared, you got every single one correct, you bastard. Um, Colin and I got five out of eight. In the quarterfinals, of course, uh, if people are thinking, whoa, I didn't hear them predict these things. We had our little group and we predicted off air. Uh, Colin and Jared both got three out of their four predictions correct. I got one correct. Um, I correctly predicted Spain would go through and everybody else I got wrong. I got none in the semis, um, and Colin and Jared both predicted England would go through. 
So uh, I will say, though, I think I should get a bonus 50 points because technically, from the very beginning of this tournament, I accurately predicted the third-place playoff. I said it would be an Australia-Sweden third-place playoff. So, yay, I win! That's it. That, <laughs> we'll call that the tiebreaker. Whereas uh, our initial third-place predictions were I said Australia-Sweden, Colin said Sweden-Brazil, so you got half correct, and Jared said Sweden-Brazil, so you get half of 10 points. Uh, and our final predictions, by the way, I said it would be USA-Germany. Uh, Colin, you said USA-Germany. And Jared said Netherlands-Australia. So you were at least in the ballpark there, Jared. Uh, third place playoff predictions. Oh, look, I will predict first because I've got nothing on the line. I'm saying Australia will get the bronze. Uh, Colin. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm going to end up being wrong on both my predictions, but I'm going to go with my gut. I'm actually going to go for Australia as well. I think that the home advantage is going to play a huge part. I will say I did predict Australia to finish third at the very beginning of this tournament. So if they do finish third, I accurately predict that correct. So go me. I'm amazing. Uh, Jared. You know, last night, for I think possibly the first time in my life, I was an optimist. And <laughs> look where that landed me. Your so fault. I told you, it's your fault. <laughs> So Sweden, they're going to win this so easily. <laughs> Australia. They're, they're, they're done. I will say I got a lot of uh, slack at work because basically every country that I wore a jersey in, be it Canada, USA, Germany, got promptly eliminated. So uh, everybody kept telling me like, have you, Where's got a, Sweden? have you got a Denmark jersey to wear, Ben? Have you got a France? I did have a France jersey to wear. Actually, I do have a Zinedine Zidane one. Um, so everybody has gone for Australia. So for Jared, you've gone for Sweden. Uh, for the final, I predicted Spain. I, I I can't lose. Like again, it was last night. I couldn't lose because if England made the final, I'll at least win money. So um, fifty bucks my way, seventy five. That might pay for the postage for uh, Cherry for you, Jar- uh, Colin. Uh, Jared, well, I know you're too busy to meet up with me, so I'll probably pay for your postage <laughs> as well. Uh, I want to hand deliver Cherry to you. Um, I've gone for Spain, Jared. Colin, no, Colin, you went first. No, Jared, you went last. Jared, you go first. England. England. England, uh, England, England. Uh, Colin. Again, I felt like the smarter pick was England, but uh, I, as soon as the final was said, I also decided on Spain. So good news is I've agreed with Ben in the last two, which means I automatically beat him. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you would have anyway. I'm two behind you, uh, three behind you. I can't catch you. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm... I'm I automatically I'm, beat, beat you with authority. I'm playing golf. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm playing, basically. With that, um, yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting. Just a quick note on the golden boot. So Hinata Miyazawa for Japan is leading right now, five goals. So she can be caught by Amanda Illestead from Sweden. She's on four goals. Uh, Australia's Haley Rasso is on three. Laura Hemp, Lauren Jones, Alicia Russo from England and a couple of uh, few Spanish and uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce her names. I've already butchered all of them already around three goals. So if we get a hat trick in the third place playoff for Hayley Rasso, golden boot. I'm saying now stat, Sam Kerr, six goals in the third place playoff. She'll win the, she'll win the golden boot. But I'm saying congratulations to Hinata for winning the golden boot there. Uh, player of the tournament. Uh, yeah. Um, give, give it to uh, Mackenzie Arnold. I'm just saying. <laughs> she didn't fuck up last night. Um, so, uh, Christine Sinclair, uh, she missed a penalty. So, uh, she can get it there too. Uh, we will be recording our wrap-up episode on Monday, but of course we will release it on the Friday. So, uh, if anybody, by all means, has anybody anything they want to talk about, 
from the final or anything on the tournament, if you want to send us in a note or a message, we will be gladly to talk about that if you get it to us by Monday. And we've had some great content online as well. A lot of the stuff from our one year to Paris event that we went to a couple of weeks ago has been dropping online. A couple of little fun clips that we had from our uh, one year to go to Paris episode that is, the video is now finally online as well. Jared Zinger about surfing, uh, being in Tahiti, a nice little fun bit there and trying to sell uh, Colin on on Fridge just behind me. So cute, Fridge. Get on board the Fridge train. I want to buy the Fridge coloring book on the Paris website. It's only ten dollars, so it's pretty cheap. Would would you would you want that, Colin? You're busy on the flight over. I would, wouldn't it? Uh, I I I can buy a box of just red crayons and it'll be a blast. You could, yeah. That's uh, I like that idea, Jared, for the flight on the way over as well. And one thing that I just wanted to quickly add, we didn't talk about this on our one year to go to a Paris episode, uh, which I'm actually very happy to see that men have been allowed into artistic swimming. This is actually a big deal. I just want to talk on some random Olympic news. I've been watching the uh, Chasing Gold Paris 2024 NBC Peacock show. It's a great show. Check it out. And there's a great story on a, an American uh, artistic swimmer who basically was at elite level in the early 2000s, would have been good enough to go to Athens, but of course men weren't allowed to compete back then. So he went and joined Cirque du Soleil for the last 20 years. And then when he turned around and found out that uh, men are allowed to compete in artistic swimming, he's uh, unretired. He's about 48. And uh, we could see him uh, go for And he just won a, a bronze medal at the World Swimming Championships. So um, great stories, little fun things on, on the Olympics that we're seeing as well. So... Uh, all those sort of things that we're going to be posting a little bit more about on our social media pages. Jared, thank you very much for joining us. Wear the scarf with pride and uh, let's go Spain. That's it. Vamos. 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 Hola. Uh, I don't know any Spanish. Si, si. That's what I did when I went to Mexico. And Colin, thank you for joining us. And go Spain. And and go to Zuni. Just get yeah, out. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Die on the floor to Zuni. Uh, go left. Viva La Spain, Antonio Banderas, Jason Momoa. Um, took the words right out of my mouth, put a sock in a mountain, and remember to go left. This is the start of